Fred Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Murray takes the snap. Short setup. Murray looking. Fires right side. And it's caught in the end zone. A touchdown. Greg Dortch. He's been their best receiver the first two games of the 2022 season. And the Cardinals convert on third and goal. And they're on the board here in Vegas. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, he of his first ever NFL touchdown reception. I'm sure the ball is somewhere locked safely away. Greg Dortch joins us here on the Burns in Gambo show. Greg, I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Congratulations on the game, on the season so far, and the win yesterday. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. All right, before we get to how well you've played, where were you when Byron Murphy picked up the ball and ran it into the end zone, and what was your reaction? I was on the opposite side of the bench, and I was actually watching the game on the big screen, so it was just crazy. It was like I was watching it on TV, but I was really there at the same time. Um, But I, I saw him pick it up, and... Everybody just took off. Like, he was still running to the end zone, and we were all behind him running after him. Um, I'm sure they could have threw a flag, but, man, that was a great moment. Have you ever been a part of a comeback like that in your career playing football? Uh, I had one in high school that was crazy, but I think this one tops it. Just because this is the NFL, or, or was this one actually crazier than the one in high school? This one was crazy because it was in, it was an overtime. Um, we came back down twenty. Um, I don't know, man. This one, I, def, this one definitely makes it. What? What? Try, try, try as you can to describe what it was like when the whole team runs on the field like that. Like, <laughs> like I'm watching it on TV. You're there. Yeah. I, I mean, what? You're in the middle of all of it. I mean, what? Try it as best you can to describe what that was like for us, Greg. It was unreal. Like, like it's just—it's one of those things that you just like don't believe that it happened, but like you're glad that it happened to you, but you can't believe it. And like we're like we're running on the field, and I'm looking at all the Raiders fans' faces, and they're just like heartbroken. It's it's one of the best feelings ever. You have 11 catches on 13 targets through two games. You lead the Arizona Cardinals in receiving yards with 118. You are undrafted. You at the Jets, the Panthers, the Rams, the Falcons, and it looks like you may have found a home with the Cardinals. Do you just pinch yourself every day that this is happening to you? <laughs> man, I just try to come to work every day, man. Just work on myself, man. Just better myself each and every day, man. Just try to grow. Um, and learn from my mistakes and just see what life brings my way. How much harder is it as an undrafted guy trying to make these rosters? I mean, like I said, you were part of the Jets, the Panthers, the Rams, the Falcons, and now finally with the Cardinals, it does look like you've you've kind of set in a little bit, and they, they really like you. But how hard is it being an undrafted kid trying to prove yourself? Yeah, it's definitely tough, man. Um, just taking a chance on yourself. I came out of college early, um, so just taking a chance on myself. Um, and then ended up being undrafted. It was really tough. Um, but, you know, you got to believe in yourself, man. I've been playing this game for a long time. And, um, I, I just got to believe in myself and, and know what I bring to the table and the, the hard work that I'm going to bring and the type of energy that I bring to the field when I play. And hopefully one of these chances, uh, one of these teams give me a chance and 
Um, I'm thankful that the Cardinals did. Greg George, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show, he of his first career NFL touchdown yesterday in the win against the Raiders. But I, I want to go back to training camp a little bit. And, and is there is there a moment, Greg, where you can identify as kind of knowing that you were going to make the team? Maybe it was a practice. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a preseason game. Was there a moment where you thought, you know what, I actually might make this final 53 when it's all said and done? Yeah, man, I felt like that day one, like before camp even started. Um, just coming in and and being on the practice squad last year with the team and and, and being on, um, being active some of the games, I, I just felt comfortable um, giving myself a, a, a whole off season with the Cardinals. Man, I knew what I could what I could do, so I felt comfortable from day one. Um, but I would say. Um, after the Cincinnati game, the first preseason game, um, when I had that big, uh, big catch and the big punt return, um, it definitely made me feel a little bit more comfortable. But you never know in this business, so um, definitely thankful for that. One of the most underappreciated plays in yesterday's comeback was made by you. And I want to talk about it. You were an All-American as a return specialist in college and a couple punt returns for touchdowns. You guys are down 23-7. to The Raiders go three and out. You get the punt. You return it 18 yards to the 46-yard line. Gave Kyler a short field. The next thing you know, it's 23-15. And you guys are right back in that game. It's a one-score game. Tell me about that return right there and how big that was for the team. Yeah, so the first the first time they punted, um, man, I, I felt like I should have had at least 25, 30 yards, but um, the guy made a great tackle. Um, so then the second time coming out, I'm like, okay, I, I got to make a big play here. I haven't really got the ball that much on offense, but um, let's just try to make a spark right now. Um, and once I got the ball, man, I just I really tried to score, and I was one or two guys away from, from getting into the end zone. And then on that drive... Right after you had that return, an 11-yard reception, a 10-yard reception. You know, obviously you and Kyler have connected a little bit. He likes throwing the ball to you. How quickly did that chemistry between you and him develop? Yeah, I mean, I I think it started uh, in camp. And uh, he just understands, like, I understand what he wants, and he understands where I'm going to be. And it's just, um, I don't know, man, it's just chemistry, playing together. We practice together. just talking to him about what he sees and what he would like me to do and just practicing, man. We stay after practice and we we, we catch balls and run and run extra routes. So um, it, it's definitely coming and you can see it happening in the game, man. It's nice. Two-part question for Greg Dortch, and I'll, I'll separate them here and I'll let you answer each one individually. Part one, where is the football now? And, and how, and what, what do you, what do you do with it? Where do you keep it? How do you, how do you protect your, the, the game ball from your first ever NFL touchdown, Greg? Yeah, so the equipment people have it right now, they're actually going to paint it up and, um, put like my first NFL touchdown and, and stuff on it. Um, and I'm, uh, eventually give it to my dad, man. He's in North Carolina right now, but I'll probably, uh, ship that to him so he can have it. Okay. Part two. I have the information in front of me. I'm guessing you remember. Do you recall the last touchdown that you scored? Um, and preseason this year, I did score with, uh, against the Titans. Okay. 
Okay, I was, I was, that, that's the, sorry, I wasn't trying to trick you. I was actually looking at a tweet from the PR director of the Cardinals who said, before your five yard scoring touchdown yesterday, your last touchdown in a game that counted was a 15 yard reception from Jamie Newman in the first quarter of your final game at Wake Forest in 2018. Woo! You remember it? Yeah. Yeah, it was almost four years ago. <laughs> Damn, that's a long time ago. That's a long time, Greg. That's yeah. a long time. Let's not go yeah. four years before the next one, okay? Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, it definitely, it's definitely been on my mind, man. I, I couldn't wait to get in there. Uh, I really wanted to celebrate, but we were down. And, like, oh, you yeah, can't. down 14 points, like, celebrating after you score. It's just like, okay, y'all are still losing. So <laughs> I kept that one in, but... Hopefully next time I score, man, I have a celebration for you. All right. I have to ask you about the 18-play drive that allowed you guys to go 73 yards, took about five minutes, and and forced that overtime. At, at, at what point in the drive did you start to notice that they were just gassed and tired? Yeah. Uh, when Kyler started running around and they weren't even chasing him anymore, I was like, yeah, we got him. <laughs> is that what it was one of those plays yeah I was like yeah we got him Kyler sat back there for probably about 20 seconds but it was the longest play I've ever seen and then it just takes off and nobody even chased him and now I'm trying to think which play that was that wasn't the two point conversion right that was another play might have been the two point conversion yeah because he had a he had a run on a fourth and one and then he had the touchdown run for three yards so during that 18 play drive you were like they're, they just they're out of gas yeah, they're done. Yeah. But we also felt like that too, but man, we just something about yesterday, man, we wanted it. We wanted it more than they did, man. It it definitely it paid off, man. It felt good. The question we've been asking ourselves, we've been on the air for an hour and 11 minutes now. As bad as things were against Kansas City the week before, what can a win like yesterday do moving forward for you guys, Greg? Yeah, man, it definitely sparked something in the organization, man. We can build off of that. Um, we got the Rams next week. Um, we all know what happened last time we played them. So um, definitely looking forward to that battle again, man. They're a great team, great, uh, well-coached. Um, definitely excited for that, man. Yeah. Well, Greg, congratulations again on the success on leading the Cardinals and receiving after two games, and especially after your first career NFL touchdown. Try not to go four years to the next one, okay? <laughs> I got you. Thank you, man. You Thanks. got it. Greg George joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Signed by the Jets, waived September 1st. He was waived on September 1st, 2019 by the Jets. He was waived on November 11, 2019 by the Panthers. He was waived on July 25th, 2020 by the Rams. He was waived on June 20th, June 17th, 2021 by the Falcons. Man. Yeah. Man, what a what, what a, a journey. What a journey. What a journey. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, I think the exact theme can the exact thing I should say can be said about yesterday's game. What a journey for the Arizona Cardinals and their win against the Raiders. We'll relive it next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wico Casino Resort, where world-class action meets four diamond splendor. All right, I've been looking forward to this one all day. Big Red Reacts. All right, all right, all right. Let me turn the pages. Yeah, you, you, I'm going to buy you some time. I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm going to play two highlights from a first half that nobody cares about, but it does matter when telling the story of what happened to the Cardinals and how they won that game yesterday. Because the first half was abysmal. First possession of the game for the Las Vegas Raiders, and they cash in on a Devontae Adams touchdown. Hart takes the snap. It's a quick throw to the left side. Caught for a touchdown by Devontae Adams. Well, 
well designed and executed. A very lengthy drive that almost took 10 minutes off the clock. The Raiders do punch it in. They lead 6 nothing. Lost track of how many third downs the Raiders converted on that drive. Yeah, 15 plays, 75 yards. J.J. Watt started that off with a sack, by the way, yep. for the Cardinals. But then you think, and they go 15 plays, 75 yards, you're down 7 nothing. You're like, here we go again. After the Cardinals punt, the Raiders would add a field goal. It's 10 nothing. Then the Cardinals again. punt again, and here we go. Darren Waller in the end zone. Takes the snap, pass play, fade. Left side of the end zone, jump ball. Waller pulls it in for the touchdown. 16 to nothing. The Raiders are getting whatever they want against the Cardinal defense. Yeah, seven plays, 59 yards, 17 nothing Raiders. And you're starting to think that uh, the Cardinals are on their way for an 0-2, for an 0-2 start. Why Ezekiel Turner is covering him in the back of the end, I have no idea. 55-yard field goal, and it's 20 nothing going into the second half. And Gambo's right. Time. You're thinking that that weekend, we're, we're getting ready to throw some dirt on the Cardinals the next day. And instead, second half, and it's like a brand new team. Cardinals punt, and they lose James Conner in the first series of the second half. Yes. But then after a Raiders three and out, things start to get much, much better. Kyler finds Greg Dorch in the end zone, and the Cardinals are on the scoreboard. Murray takes the snap. Short setup. Murray looking. Fires right side, and it's caught in the end zone. A touchdown. Greg Dorch. He's been their best receiver the first two games of the 2022 season, and the Cardinals convert on third and goal, and they're on the board here in Vegas. Big play right there, third and goal to get that touchdown. Uh, but also, one of the first plays of that series was a 29-yard pass play to Dorch. He broke two huge tackles on that draw, on that play right there. And that was a big play for 29 yards and then the touchdown, it's 20-7. to So then the Raiders would add a 25-yard field goal. Now it's 23-7 to and we go into the fourth quarter. And you're thinking, again, 23-7, the start of the fourth quarter. Good stop by the defense, though. They had first and goal at the seven to stop that field. They did. And I usually say 25-yard field goals are bad for the offense. You never want to kick 25-yard field goals. But on the next possession for the Cardinals, you're thinking that their chance to really impact this game passed on this fourth and one in the red zone, this incomplete to Zach Ertz. He takes the snap, and it's a quarterback run to the right. Now he throws far side, overthrows Ertz. He can't make the catch in the back of the end zone incomplete. Zach Ertz could not come up with that in the back of the end zone, trying to pull in what looked like a high throw from Kyler Murray. I don't know about you. I was kind of thinking that's that in that moment, but right? But he rolled right, and then and then he couldn't run. So he had to throw it there. But I think, yeah, I think after, after because you're down by 16, they're getting the ball back. Yep. You probably thought at that point that was it. That was your last chance. Raiders go three and out. They punt the ball. There's 12 and a half minutes to go. J.J. Watt had a nice tip at the line of scrimmage on that third down pass. Cardinals get the ball back and this is where magic absolutely started to happen and that includes this incredible fourth and four pass to Hollywood Brown. Josh jump snap to Murray, drops back to throw, fires deep left side for Hollywood Brown, a one-handed attempt, he got it, he pulls it in and it's a touchdown! Pass the, review, the receiver was down with the ball at the two-yard line. In the one, excuse me, the one-half-yard line. It'll be first and goal from that spot. Please put 837 on the game clock. All right, so th- Great catch by Brown. 
Great concentration. I thought he was in the end zone. Phenomenal but catch. Yeah, it was an incredible catch. I mean, Robertson was all over him. And if he had got his body turned around, he might have been able to pick it off. But a great play by Brown. Led to a Darrell Williams one-yard touchdown run. And I'm only not playing it because we've got a lot that we want to play. So now it's 23-13, and the Cardinals decide to go for two. Here's the play. Snap to Kyler. Looking right. Now back to the middle. Now runs to the right. Being chased. Backing up at the 20. Looking. Still dancing around. Pointing. Still holding the ball like it's street ball in the backyard. He's still got it. Runs right to the 10. Cuts left to the 5. And he's going to score. Oh, my goodness. Kyler Murray on a play that took about a minute. <laughs> You'll never see a play like that never. again. You'll never see anything like that. It was special. It was a it was a special play by a special player. But so much credit I got to give to the offensive line for their protection. You know, once he was able to set his feet and settle, the offensive line did a great job. Yeah, so Cardinals force the Raiders punt on their next possession. Richard Lawrence had a great tackle for loss of Big Josh loss, Jacobs yeah. right in that play or in that drive. So Cardinals get the ball back. They're down 23-15. And here comes the 18-play drive that included Backbreaker. A, a, a fourth and one. Kyler converts a sack that was called back because of a defensive holding on Rock Yassin. Eventually, the Cardinals get down to the six-yard line. And I'm kind of fast-forwarding, Gambo, so you jump ahead with any play that you want to mention. But I'm going to go right to the third and four from the six-yard line. A.J. Green catch the ball. Snap to Kyler. Looking to throw. Fires over the middle. And a diving attempt. A.J. Green. Did he get it? He caught it. He's down though at the one. Not in the end zone. The Cardinals got a hurry with 22 seconds and counting. After review, the ball hit the ground. It is an incomplete pass. Brings up fourth down from the previous spot. He's put 30 seconds on the game clock. Yeah, and if you don't want to hang A.J. Green then, you just couple plays later, first and goal from the one. He makes another uh, bad play where he gets stripped. Snap to Murray, back to pass. Looking to the right, now flushed out of the pocket, rolling right, throws right, caught in the end zone. Then the ball comes out, incomplete. A.J. Green couldn't hang on again. It looked like Rocky Yassin at the last second got his hand in there and knocked the ball away as Green tried to secure it. He did. He knocked it away as Green tried to bring it to his chest. 11 seconds to go. I should say, real quick, in between those two plays was Kyla Murray on fourth down. And because he was scrambling around so long back there, the Raiders committed a defensive holding penalty yes. in the end zone yes. that gave them a fresh set of downs. Yeah. That was one of those moments where the game could end. So that We're green... Jack Ertz. Yeah, that green incomplete pass was on first and goal. The ball gets knocked out of his hands. And you're like, AJ, you're not going to have a seat on a plane going back to Arizona <laughs> no, if no. you don't make a play. Second and goal. Quick pass incomplete. It was broken up. Could have very easily been picked off by Jonathan Abram. Third and goal. Quick pass on a slant to Ertz. He wasn't even looking for the ball. Hit him like in a shoulder pad. So here we go. Fourth and goal. Murray magic again. On fourth down. Snap to Murray. Drops back to throw. Looking. Steps up. Takes off. Heading to the near sideline. Gets into the end zone. Sticks the ball off of the touchdown with no time left. And the Cardinals get six points. No time left. They'll run a two-point play to try to send this game to overtime. It's 23-21. Incredible drive. They had worn out 
and you felt good about them getting a two-point conversion until the delay of game because they they had just worn out the Raiders on that drive. Cardinals going for two. Two receivers to the right, two to the left. Delay of game. Offense. Five-yard penalty. Oh, my goodness. Look up the drive. Delay of game on a two-point conversion attempt puts you back now at the seven-yard line. What was that? Colossal blunder is what that was. No worries, though. Kyler Murray, calm, cool, and collective. Was Snap to Murray. Drops back to throw. Everybody covered. Pointing. Directing traffic. Fires back at the end zone. And a sliding attempt. And A.J. Green pulled it in. He got it. It's a two-point conversion. We are going to overtime. What a throw by Murray. And A.J. Green redeems himself. Tying this game at 23. Overtime. Here we come. He's made flashier plays with his arm. But that's one of the best throws of his young career. That is an incredible throw by Kyla Murray right there. Game goes into overtime. Cardinals start with the ball first. There's a fourth down play that was incomplete. Looked like Hollywood Brown had the ball in his hands. It was knocked out of his hands. Maybe he holds on to that. It's a different deal. Raiders get the ball back, and it was a terrible overtime session for Hunter Renfro. He had already had one fumble caused by Zaven Collins that the Raiders were able to fall on. They go to Hunter Renfro again, and we know how that ended. Carr waiting for the shotgun snap. He's got the ball. Quick throw left side. Renfro with a catch, and he breaks one tackle. Then the ball comes out. It's loose, and it's picked up by the Cardinals in midfield. It's picked up by Byron Murphy at the 40, at the 30, at the 20, at the 10. Ball game! Byron Murphy picks up the ball at midfield, returns it for a touchdown, and the Cardinals win. Go Flags! What an unbelievable finish here in Vegas! Isaiah Simmons lines up, six guys, looks like six guys are coming with pressure. He drops back and then immediately bursts to the sideline. Renfro is able to escape a tackle by Jace Whitaker, and that, that, and that allowed Simmons to knock him into next year and knock the ball loose. And that was the game-winning touchdown yesterday for the Arizona Cardinals. One for the ages, no doubt about that. Our Big Red reacts here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back, unfortunately, we're not in a mood to celebrate about ASU because after the unceremonious end of Herm Edwards' tenure, how can it be assumed they're better off now as a program? How can the AD say that? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Absolutely. Uh, we've made strides, uh, certainly, uh, on the academic front and also in training and development. But we haven't made nearly the strides we had aspired to and we had anticipated. Uh, and so, yes, we're in better shape. Are we where we want to be? No. Do we regret uh, the decision? No. Do we regret that we haven't had more success? Yes. I mean, you're out of your mind. I mean, how can you justify that you're in better shape now? You've lost all. so many of your good players left the program. You're under an investigation in which they're going to be some harsh punishment. Harsh punishment. You yeah. just lost a game that is the worst home loss this century for ASU. Mm-hmm. You've got to go back to the 90s. To find a home loss worse than this, New Mexico State, right? New Mexico State, yeah, ninety-nine. Game, yeah. This century, you just suffered the worst loss, a humiliating, embarrassing loss, and you feel like you're in better shape. How? How? Like it's a lie. 
This isn't, you can't really believe that. Like, so that's why it's a lie. You can't really truly believe that. Nobody can. You can't justify that. We're in better shape now. You're just lying. You're trying to get people to believe because it's not true. Right. Okay, there are things that you can debate. That's not debatable. That's not a debatable thing. It's just that that's not that's not a true statement. You're not in better shape. It's a the program's a mess. The program's a mess. Eventually, ASU's program will be fine. It's just going to take some time. You got to get this investigation over with. You got to get you got to get past the era of of Herm Edwards. And eventually, you'll hire a coach that'll do a good job, and ASU will be okay. It'll go back to being the mediocre program that they always are. <laughs> we've, we've never rooted for mediocrity no, so bad. Been, can we just get back to being the mediocre can program we just we've get always back been? To seven please. and five, and go into some bowl game in Hawaii. Pretty please, seven right. and five in the Las Vegas Bowl. God, that just sounds so nice right now. Just to be mediocre and to go to some. No, everything you said is 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 correct and is right. And of all the things that transpired for ASU football, honestly, and and probably if we're being honest about it, the most shocking of it is that they lost to Eastern Michigan in the first place. They had no business losing right. that game. All right. The second most shocking thing to happen over the last 48 hours for ASU football was when Ray Anderson yesterday was asked the question, if the, if the program is in a better position now than it was when Herm started. Absolutely. No! No, absolutely. No, it's absolutely not. not. It is not. In was a there a position. not that came after? No, that? there was just absolutely. That's There's no not. Absolutely not. How do you justify this? There's nobody that covers these these teams. Hodrabino, Chris Cartman. There's you know the, the people that are really involved in covering Sun Devil football. They know. What's it, Michelle Gardner over at, at AZ a, Central? Yes, does, does a, a good fantastic job, job yep. covering the team. You, everybody knows. You know, this is the, everybody's like, Ray, like, come on, Ray. Come on. Ray. Come, Ray. Ray. Come on. Ray. I get it. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Don't lie. <laughs> Friends, don't lie. Did you eat out of the garbage can, Ray? <laughs> Friends, don't lie, Ray. Let me play it again just to make sure there's not a not after absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we've made strides, uh, certainly, uh, on the academic front and also in training and development. But we haven't made nearly the strides we had aspired to and we had anticipated. Uh, and so, yes, we're in better shape. Are we where we want to be? No. Do we regret uh, the decision? No. Do we regret that we haven't had more success? Yes. Okay, look, I, I mean, seriously, anybody. He's protecting her. Of course he is. He's and, protecting and, him. He's protecting him as his own ass, too. And, 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 that, and that's ultimately, at the end of the day, probably what, for lack of a better word, what poisoned this more than anything was the whole reason Herm got the job was because of his relationship with Ray. And at the end of the day, the only reason why Ray is answering the question the way he is is because he's protecting his guys and he's, and he's protecting himself. And that really, if we're going to hit fast forward on the story okay. a little bit, okay, yeah, we all can recognize no, the program is not in a better position than it was when Herm Edwards was hired. And I thought more than interesting than that were the stats that you sent me comparing the Todd Graham era to the Herm Edwards era. It's not even close. No. I mean, it's not Todd even. Todd Graham was a good coach. It's not even. No, I know it didn't end well for Todd Graham. No. And the last few years were awful. But in terms of the overall kind of look of the program right. and success, it wasn't even close. Todd, Todd Graham's best season at ASU, 10 wins, 4 losses. Herm never won 10 games. Herm never won 9 games. Best Pac-12 finish, Todd Graham was a Pac-12 South champion. Herm Edwards never won a Pac-12 South championship. Um, bowl appearances, Todd was at 5. Herm was at was 
at one. Um, the only thing you might look at, or Herm did a Herm, good job Herm against you one win. Herm, Herm one win. Well, he was in three bowls. He was so in three bowl games, had the one win. No, I mean, Todd had a higher winning percentage. But listen, when Todd left the program, I mean, you could say the cupboards were kind of bare. but And they had had their two 10-win seasons, and they fell back a little bit. But I still felt like Todd should have kept his job. And I, and I said that at the time. Herm has left this program. They're a, they're they're a laughing stock. Yes, they just got humiliated at home against Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan. Okay, I mean, if, if Michigan wasn't on the after the East, you wouldn't know where they were from. Okay. <laughs> That <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but it's still kind of funny. But okay, whatever. I mean, I mean nobody's ever heard of them. Grammatically, that doesn't are. really make any sense. Right. But okay, I, I still, I still name think that's one funny. athlete that's, that's come out of Eastern Michigan. I, I can't do one. it. One, come on, I, I can't do you it. Got one, Mitch. Anybody got it? Who an athlete? Nobody knows. Eastern Michigan. Yeah, like they're not. So you, you were humiliated at home in front of your home crowd. You're on. You're under an incredible investigation that's going to punish the program, and you're a laughing stock. Like you're being laughed at nationally. Like, it didn't work. Yeah. Do we regret the decision to hire? Yes, you should regret the decision. You know why? Because it didn't work. It did, and not only did it not work, I mean, there's like garden variety not working, and then there's and then there's this. And this is this is such a toxic mess that there's, and I was going to say this, that, okay, trying to hit zoom forward on this a little bit and fast forward on the story a little bit. Ray Anderson should not be allowed to hire the next ASU head coach. You said that earlier, and I agree with you 100%. And that's the decision now facing Michael Crow. Do, do, I, do I put this? This was botched so badly. Do I put this in Ray Anderson's hands and ask him to do it again? I, I mean, because it wasn't some garden variety bad hire. Your program is stuck in purgatory right now with the NCAA. Eventually, one of these days, they're going to be punished badly by the NCAA for this Can investigation. They speed it up a little bit, please. And I would love it if the NCAA could speed it up a little bit because this is getting a little ridiculous. Your next good head coach probably isn't going to be the next one you hire. You're probably going to have to hire whoever you can get at this point. No that no one's really going to want to take the job until they have a full idea what the job entails. Nobody who's worth a darn, I don't think, is going to take this gig until they know the totality of the punishment. And in the middle of all of that is Ray Anderson, who just hired his buddy. It failed. It failed so badly. You're going to get you're being investigated by the NCAA. If you're Michael Crow. I don't think you can trust Ray Anderson to make the next decision. I don't think he should be allowed to make the next First decision. First of all, it was nice to see that Michael Crow actually went to the game. <laughs> so that was good to see that he was there. But you knew Herm was going to get fired the second you saw Michael and Ray. You saw Michael Crow and Ray Anderson waiting for Herm to come out. And then he meant, okay, we're going to have to talk about this. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think that I would have. I mean, the basketball program and the football program are not doing well. And so I would not have Ray Anderson make my hires anymore. I would move on and hire. A, a, I, I would want to. And, and listen, I'd want to get away from this altogether. The whole stain of everything that happened here, raise a part of it. So I'd want to move on completely and clean house. If I'm Michael Crow, I want a clean slate. Not just a Kerm Edwards clean slate. I want a Ray Anderson clean slate as well. I totally agree that Ray Anderson should, should be removed. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You're not going to miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offer. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. The Raiders made a big trade this offseason. Didn't do much to help this game in Las Vegas. And you can thank the Cardinals defense for that. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Here we go. Quick. Yeah. 
Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Hart takes the snap, drops straight back to throw, has time, throws over the middle, Renfro caught it at the 50-45, fumbled the ball, and there's a wrestling match for the football at the 40-yard line of Arizona after Renfro coughed it up. They haven't signaled yet who's got the ball. There was a Raider and two Cardinals around the football, and they do. Foster Morrow recovered it. It's first down at the 39 of Arizona. Uh, the fumble was caused by Zayvon Collins. Played every single snap of yesterday's game. Same cannot be said of Isaiah Simmons. We'll talk about that in a minute. But as Gambo and I continue to talk about yesterday's shocking, unbelievable Cardinals comeback as they improved a one-on-one on the season by beating the Vegas Raiders. Man, we have to spend a minute or two talking about a defense that in the first half gave up Gambo 258 yards and 15 first downs to the Raiders. Okay, 258 yards, yeah, 15 first downs. In the second half of that game, 90. And in overtime, the Cardinals gave up 66 total yards. They gave up five total first downs. They gave up three points to the Vegas Raiders in the second half and overtime. That defense, if that's who they're going to be, if that's if that's their ceiling, that might be the biggest most important development from yesterday's game. Yeah. If they can play like that, there's no there's no doubt that they don't get back into that game without a couple of three and outs. They had a three and out. They had a five and out. They had another three and out. They had a uh, a field goal that they forced. I mean, and then obviously in overtime, they they had one interception that they dropped, and they had two forced fumbles. So they had two forced fumbles and an interception dropped. Uh, the defense really stepped up. Nowhere better than the ability to shut down Devontae Adams. And this, I thought, was absolutely remarkable what they did to him. Listen to this. Devontae Adams had two catches on seven targets. The last time he had less than three catches in an NFL game was week seven of the 2017 season. With Brett Hundley as his quarterback. What year is this? This is 2022. Five years ago. The last time he had a performance this low. And his quarterback was Brett Hundley. The amount of times he had less than three catches in a game. Last 65 games with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. It never happened. It never happened with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They couldn't get Devontae Adams the ball. Now... I went back and I tried to see what the you know what the coverage was on him, but they they didn't show him on all the plays. But I did see Byron Murphy on him about three or four times. But I don't know who the primary cornerback was because they don't they didn't show every single play. Like I wasn't able to get that. I'll, now I will see some of that yeah. over the next couple of days, but I didn't see that on that game. I, I think it was largely Byron Murphy um, because Cliff Kingsbury today and others. Glowing about Byron Murphy and the work he did. Here's Cliff today with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, I'd have said there's there's no way. Um, <laughs> so I, the ball didn't go his way for whatever reason, and I, I, we had a great plan um, in place. Uh, VJ, I thought that that was going to be his his thing. He's not going to beat us. I mean, they've got a great running back, great tight end, great slot receiver, Devontae. I mean, they got a bunch of weapons, but we, we said going in, he won't beat us, and uh, our guys did a good job of uh, finding him and, and trying to keep the ball away from him. Byron Murphy Jr. had the fourth highest grade 
afraid of any defender via pro football focus uh, with the work that he did out there. Jace Whitaker was lined up mostly in the slot in that game yesterday, so Murphy was mostly lined up on the outside. I think most of that work done on Devontae Adams was yeah. done because of Byron Murphy. Yeah, I tried about four plays that I saw where Murphy was one-on-one with them. He only got targeted seven times. He had two catches. I mean, you take Devontae Adams out of that game, you give yourself a chance to win. I mean, and this doesn't happen where Devontae Adams does. You know, Devontae Adams is a really great player in this league. Maybe the best receiver in this league, arguably. And to take him out of the game, great. Whatever you did, Vance Joseph, that worked. I mean, that was re- that was really impressive. And it, listen, it wasn't like they weren't throwing the ball in the sense. See, that's what like a lot of people are upset about, that the Raiders didn't run the ball. They were still throwing the ball. Yeah. Like, they were still throwing the football. They just couldn't get it to Devontae Adams. Look, I mean, there's it's Byron Murphy is the one who's getting talked about the most, and he should. There were so many guys defensively who stood out in that game. Welcome back, J.J. Watt. A sack on the, what, second play of the game, but yes. overall provided a lot of pressure on the quarterback, Zach Allen. He was the highest overall player graded via pro football focus. Higher than Kyler Murray. He got the best grade of anybody on the Cardinals roster yesterday for the work that, that he did. Rashard Lawrence had a really good game. Well, they had that big tackle for a four-yard loss. Yep. Huge play huge, right there. Huge play yeah. right there. How do you feel? Just uh, let, let's. Do you feel better about the defense now? Oh, yeah. You feel I, I, better? Because then we have a million question marks after last week. I, I mean, couldn't get a stop to save their lives. We need to keep seeing it, of course. We, 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 it's not like a finished product by any stretch. But if that's, I keep saying this, if that's their ceiling, if that's who they are, if that's what they're going to be this year, they're capable of more than I think. Okay, because I I always thought their defense was going to be what limited them. I always thought their defense was going to be what held them back. And it still might be. But that defense, the way they played in the second half, the way they forced all those three and outs, the way they were getting after the ball, the way they were. And the pass rush wasn't really coming from the linebackers. It wasn't really Marcus Gordon. It was the defensive line. It was Lawrence, and it was Watt, and it was Zach Allen. Yeah, I feel a little bit better about the defense. The big question about the defense is Isaiah Simmons. He played 15 snaps yesterday. I don't know why. I'd like to get an explanation. He played well. The 15 snaps, he played well. Graded out well. And he made the biggest play of the game defensively. I mean, come on. I... Listen, I, I don't know what Nick Vigil didn't play well. I mean, he played terrible, no. right? So, what are we doing here? Like, play them and let them go through the growth. Whatever. Re- I'd love to know why did Isaiah play so much less than last week? Here's why? what Cliff said after the game: "Quote: We asked Isaiah to practice better, and we reduced his role this week. And we said you have to earn it back. He had the best week of practice as a pro, and it showed up. He made the biggest play of the game, and I'm really proud of him for attacking that challenge." Challenge like he did again. He was only out there for 15 snaps in that game. Now the one is that a punishment for not practicing hard? I is it don't a- know what it sounds like? Yeah, that and probably the acknowledgement that that green dot he was wearing last week, he wasn't ready for that. He wasn't even close to ready for that. Right. So now you got to figure out a different way to use him, a different way to deploy him. And once again, you have to figure out how to maximize your value. We're talking about the number eight pick in the draft a couple of years ago. I want to praise him. For having the big hit, for, for, for turning that game. He's, he's worthy of that. He's earned that. But the, the conundrum of trying to figure out how to get the best out of Isaiah Simmons, the fact that he only played 15 snaps out there, almost creates as many problems as the fumble solves. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, I I get it. It's almost like whoever wears the green dot, like they they need to find a guy that's really like they liked Jordan. Jordan Hicks was really good at wearing the green dot, but couldn't cover anody, yeah. right? So you're trying to find somebody that could actually do the job and play enough. Like so, Isaiah wasn't good, you know, call, you know, handling and set, you know, lining up the defense. But then why did he still not play a whole lot? Because like. You saw his look. His ability to go side to the to that sideline as fast as he does, as strong as he is. I mean, he knocked Hunter Renfro into next year. That was such a big play. You just, I don't know. You're gonna have to go through the growing pains, I guess, because he's got to play. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show on a day like today, there's so much to talk about. That's why we're gonna recap all of it. Cardinals, ASU, Suns that you're gonna want to hear. The four o'clock reset is coming up next on the Burns and Gambo show.